me introduce oh. the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is your boy, the Sephiroth of South Central, the Black Chris Jericho, Rob Zombie's illegitimate stepchild, the love child of Ozzy Osbourne and Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Darkness, Kelvin Chaos. And I have on my show my first guest of, no, this isn't the first guest of the month. It's like my third episode. State your name, please, young lady. <laughs> oh, my name's Jacosta Rex. Jacosta Rex up in the house. Make some noise. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Just chilling and working. How are I'm you? Fantastic. I am hype as shit. I literally yeah. just woke up. Like, I woke up at 8.51. Like, oh, shit, I got to do a podcast. <laughs> so, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here for the opportunity. That's fantastic. So, let's get right into the nitty gritty. Where are you from? <laughs> Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Uh, is that how people talk there? <laughs> I was like, I don't even fucking know. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't even know. That was racist. That's not what's uh, Midwestish is what it was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was a very Midwest country accent. It's not quite that bad in the city that I'm from, but we do have a few interesting ways we pronounce. Where it, are so. you from? Are you from like where where you see a lot of cornfields? I am so sorry. I am from Los Angeles proper. I'm bougie <laughs> as shit. I'm like everywhere. Else. It's like New York and then corn and then California. That's what the United States looks like to me. You wouldn't believe how many times people ask me, Are, wait, there's black people in Nebraska? And I'm like, yes. There's quite a <laughs> yes. lot of us, I promise. And no, we don't ride cows to school. Oh. Like, <laughs> we have cars, <laughs> tractors. Yeah. You got tractors. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I mean, like, I'm looking That's at your great. art style, and I'm like, whoa, it's so surreal. Is what yeah. I dig about it. I like, I, I, I myself am a bit of an artist. You may not have known that. I did. Uh, I've, I've caught on. Yeah, so, so, and that was, like, my thing. I was, like, really into surrealism. Because, A, I couldn't draw. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just good. Everything I do is surreal now. <laughs> I love that. But I really dig it. So, so I'm sorry. Yeah, tell us about your childhood. What got you into art? Um, yeah, give me that whole thing. Oh, jeez. Okay, so I have a very intense um, background. So I was born in Colorado, moved, ended up moving around a little bit when I was younger, landed in Nebraska. Um, I'm actually was a classical cellist by trade. I still play, but that's what I was going to mm. school for. Um, I was in conservatories and all sorts what? of What? I yep. went to conservatory for <laughs> yep. classical guitar. We had this discussion, remember? We did have this discussion. I do We remember. should do some, do you like Christmas um, music sidebar? My birthday is actually the 24th. What? We're going to have to like, do you like Christmas? Man, I love playing Christmas music. Like for a spooky dude, like it, it always impresses people. They're I like, you like Christmas? I'm like, hell yeah, I like Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, I think I like the not, I either like really, really traditional Christmas Same. music or like non-traditional like Christmas in, yeah. music. I don't like, like Mariah Carey, I'm not into, but like yes. Good King Wenceslas looked out. Like that's my shit. I play that shit every fucking like my roommates are like, turn that shit off. And I'm like, nah. But it's so it's good. Not, it's so right? classic. So, so all so right. Good. So you're a classical cellist. And yes. and when did the when did the painting drawing like I've seen you do uh, murals I've seen you do stuff on clothes when did that all come about? So, um, I well so I haven't done a mural yet it's coming but thank you for speaking. I that just into did. Existence. I I appreciate that. Um, I okay so I went to college originally to be a, um, a professional cellist a professional solo cellist and I started getting into writing music and like doing all those types of things and when I was 18 I actually got diagnosed with a condition called endometriosis and I'd been sick for a couple of years and they couldn't figure out what's going on I started having a lot of pain I was in college trying to like struggle it out um working like two jobs doing all this stuff taking a ton of different 
a ton of classes. I got into college as like a second semester sophomore. And so I was like crazy, crazy, crazy burdened with like stress and stuff. And I took an art class and it was a drawing. It was a graphic, like um, a pencil drawing mm -hmm. class. And it was like my stress reliever. And I ended up having to drop out of school because I was too sick to keep no. And then money just was not like I wasn't well enough to work as much as I needed to to be able to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And I went back home and I got a job, got a apartment, started being in bands, started doing the stuff. But then I just continued to progressively get worse. Aww. And being a musician takes a lot of Man, energy. tell me about it. It takes a lot out of you. And I slowly started to not be able to play anymore. And then I started to get really angry and like I was getting super sick and like started to have seizures and like all of these things where like they couldn't figure out what was going on. And um, I started to do art to relieve stress and to be my therapy in expressing myself and being able to like get my emotions out because I've done music my entire life and my dad's a musician um he is a drummer a guitarist he's been in bands um and so I first held a guitar when I was like three wow and like I've learned by ear and by watching like I have played every instrument under the sun I do anything music wise I can get my hands on and so when I lost that I really lost I, I felt lost. I felt like I wanted myself. And so art kind of turned into this thing. And it, I didn't want to just draw flowers. I didn't want to just draw basic things because it wasn't, I wasn't doing it for a career. I wasn't doing it to like sell yeah, art. It was like your, your therapy. So, that's so beautiful. It, it was. It was. So it turned in, that's why a lot of my art's really dark because it, or like has dark yeah. things because it came from a place of pain and I wanted to just put it in an image because I'm in the space that I was in I couldn't really talk about what I was going through not because I couldn't talk about it but because the audience wasn't really there and with my condition because I looked able-bodied a lot of people didn't believe that I was sick so I was dealing with this frustration of knowing that there was something wrong and knowing that I was in pain and struggling and the doctors not believing me and my family struggling to understand what was going on and being told I was being lazy or all of these things when when in actuality, I was battling myself physically in a war that like nobody could see. Yeah, wow, that's deep. And so art was like my, yeah, <laughs> it was a really, it was a really dark period of my life, honestly. And art saved me. Wow, that is so what I, I would like to hear. Yeah. That is, you know, <laughs> like something about your your art told me all of this, but I was like, I don't want to assume. Because I think it's more real, yeah. You, you know, and and it was something that people ignore. You know, like everyone thinks that if you focus on that, that you're depressed, or that you're sad, or something. And I was like, I feel like the acknowledgement of the dark stuff is what really helps you to see the light stuff, or to see that they both exist equally, as opposed to Absolutely. if we're like everything sunshine and rainbow, or you know, somebody's like, hey, what's wrong with you? You're like, my shit is fucked up right now, and they're like. Be happy. You're like, nigga, what? What? What did, did you not exactly. just hear what I said? <laughs> <laughs> and see that, I love that. I love that so much because, so my dad was in like punk bands. And so I grew up listening to like punk and metal and like, and I balanced that my whole life with like reggae and like all of these very black alternative things with being in this world of like the classical music realm and being the only, one of the only black kids and, and we have the same background like, this. This but amazing. but i'm in la <laughs> and i don't have a disease but i was like man i i totally relate to everything you're saying yeah. <laughs> but it's fab it's fabulous i love that because there's this duality of existence that mm -hmm. i feel like the only way you can really truly be the realest version of yourself is when you see the beauty of the pain that like everybody yeah. and my art was the way that I expressed that I was like I want to make beautiful art and 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 in a way that forces people when they look at it 
to be like okay this is beautiful but like there's things about this that I should not be finding beautiful like why is there blood here why are these eyeballs in places that I don't go like why do you know actually and that that man the profile picture that's the is that the character from um uh Pan's Labyrinth the the one that I did that yeah that so that's a self-portrait I don't do self-portraits very often that's like all I draw (laughs) and that's a vain as shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no i love that <laughs> that speaks a lot but that speaks a lot to your personal relationship with yourself and how highly you think of yourself and i no it was because i sucked I, at drawing other people and i knew i would never piss myself off <gasps> the- <laughs> okay, this is my thing is is this it's very similar to that i don't draw myself and i up until recently didn't really draw people around me i would have these characters or these these images in my wow yeah (laughs) that is like exactly yeah and i did not grow up with music in the house at all i'm the only musician in my family i mean i grew up with music yeah right yeah so it's it's funny it's like our whole careers because because i'm like really good at music i mean you know like university level stuff Mm -hmm. like that did all the theory and I worked so hard at that. And, you know, people definitely told me I was trash at the beginning of that, but I didn't care. But for whatever reason, I would take the art thing really personally. Like, I wanted to be the greatest artist and all of this stuff. And, and my teacher was like, you should quit. And I only wanted to draw very detailed caricatures. Kind of like what you do. like, And that's why I gravitate to your art so much, because it's exactly like what I wanted to do. Like these stylized, surreal caricature um things with like all of this color like my thing was like really love vivid colors i love um on orthodox settings and stuff like that so that's the way when i first saw your art i was like oh my god that's it and i've like wanted to commission a piece from you since i met you but i've just not been able to ask you (laughs) (laughs) well we can definitely have that conversation awesome yeah for sure so um all right so 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 when did you decide to move to los angeles because you said you're from nebraska like how old were you what was the reason that you decided to move okay so this is this is the crazy oh yeah about this question (laughs) so i've only lived here a year what and yeah and actually a year like first week of October officially, like October seventh or something. Your like LA anniversary. Um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I so I was really and I oh okay I was still really really sick before I moved here, and I was struggling with my condition because I was being put on a bunch of different medication that was helping, but then it wasn't helping. And in my mind, I was studying all of these holistic remedies and like CBD and things like that. But then none of that was really within my grasp in the city that I'm in. Oh, yeah. And it's there. It's definitely there. But not quite like it it is here. Not at all like it is here. And with the way that my home life was, with like things that were happening with my family and just the city in general and... um, the art scene and things like that I was just really discouraged as a person and was not in a very very good place at all and I knew that I needed to make a really drastic change to like save myself because I had been sick for so long and it got to the point where I was like in this moment in the hot and i knew the moment that it happened i was in the hospital and the doctor was literally just looking at me he was like i don't know what's going on with you i don't know why you're in pain only thing i can suggest is surgery and i looked at him and i was like for what like you don't know what's wrong with me but you want to just cut me open to experiment to figure it out like that no no there's no no (laughs) not doing that and so when that happened i was like okay i have to get away from this environment and I need to go learn and I need to go be around people who feel the same way as I do about the way that we should treat our bodies and the chemicals that can be put into us with like medication and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I <clears throat> originally came out here 
because I was seeing someone at the time that was going to school here and I fell in love with the city. I was like, wait, there's sunshine, there's restaurants that I can eat at without getting sick. There's CBD in all sorts of forms that I can get a hold of. There's marijuana. There's like all this hemp stuff. Like, oh my goodness. Like, oh my The more, you know, it like blew my mind. And I knew it existed. But like, I never would have seen myself in LA. Like, the next city I wanted to go to was either Denver, where I'm originally from, or New York. And it wasn't until I came out here to visit the person I was seeing and like kind of be around them and like see the city for what it was. I was like, okay, I'm in love. I have to be here. Went back home for a month, packed everything up and came out. Wow. And yeah, like $300 to my name and just kind of figured it out. These stories always, you know, like inspire me because I live here. So I'm like, I could never imagine (laughs) leaving here and moving here because I'm like, this is a crazy place, you know? Like I have a difficult time navigating this shit and I'm from here. (laughs) <laughs> when I meet people that are like oh yes I packed up all my stuff and I moved across the country and I never looked back and I'm like man that's wild anyway <laughs> and see that's the crazy thing too is like when I talk to people from back home mm-hmm. um, we, we all usually like hit the one year mark when we leave somewhere or like leave to like solve problems or leave to like run away from the things and um of the city that i'm from or like to, what what to is the city you're from what is it called um it's called omaha it's oh omaha. it's a, yeah um, so it's like <laughs> an hour away from lincoln which is where everybody knows like nebraska oh, i know anytime omaha. i ever talk about nebraska people know oh okay well that's true <laughs> and if they don't say anything they're like oh you're from lincoln oh, and yeah, that's where the school is and that's where the football team is but i'm from omaha oh. um yeah, no, Omaha is, and, and it's amazing. Like, I love Omaha. I love the scene. I love what's being built there. I love the people. Um, anytime that I talk to anybody from out here, I'm like, no, we got to go. Like, I'll, I want to take a whole caravan of people back and be like, no, you got to experience the zoo. There's, like, amazing little shit. Like, That's I love It's beautiful. Omaha. See, I miss it. And you see, like, you actually <laughs> talk highly about your city, like a lot of people I talk to. Unless they're from, like, New York or some shit, they'll be like, I don't know, mm-hmm. my city sucks. And you're like, nah. <laughs> I love my city. No, my cool. This place is like, dope. I actually just cool really shit. like being warm. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it. And like my goal when I first moved out here was just to get better. It was just to be like, get to see a better doctor, get to handle my, my physical body, get to heal. And so I wasn't in the scene. I didn't really do much when I first moved out here. I didn't really like literally do anything but like I sat at home where I was staying and, and made art and kind of hung out with the people that I was around and did a few little gigs here and there um, contracted stuff working in galleries and things like that but my main focus was always to get better physically and to kind of f- heal from the things that I had been through growing up and through just life in general I just needed a break um, and so being here really gave me that opportunity and it really let me see my city for the amazing place that it is mm-hmm. for the people that it is and for the people that are there that make it that and like yeah there's a lot of not very good things about the city whether it deals yeah. with like gang violence or violence in general or like the the poverty line and things like that but there's a lot of things about it that i love and I mean, my family's there, like, my best friend lives there, like, I have a very strong tie to the city, and I always will, so I always tell people, I'm like, no, I I won't speak down on, I'll speak down on my personal experience, because of the, the trauma that I experienced for myself, but for the city itself, I see so much potential, and I see so much love, and so much things, so many things being built there that I can don't want to speak negatively on it because it's only going to get better and it's only going to get more beautiful and creatives are only going to get that much stronger especially like alternative black creatives like there's so many budding up there right now that's crazy finding their strength yeah because it's not like no you know because like i've you know i've been doing this podcast for like a year now i think and um yeah i mean it's like on and off i was like um i think you'll be the 30th episode i think 
and that's um, yeah, cool and and i started it yeah because i was um you know i'm a black alternative guy i mean this term was new for me i was just weird when i was a kid you know <laughs> so 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 and and i you know i grew up in la and there just wasn't a lot of i mean there were a lot of us but it just wasn't like a cool thing to say or do we weren't like congregating together or anything like that so I started, um, you know, trying to find more people like us on the internet, and I ended up finding, you know, like a whole hotbed of them on the East Coast, like in Baltimore and Atlanta and Chicago and and Miami. There's like a like a huge yeah. scene, right? And you never hear like Omaha, Nebraska, being a place for this because so. it's new. It's so new. Like when I was plug me in like you know it, no, send me some folks I that i need to hang out I with will. for sure for sure because when i was getting into it, it was all tumblr for me it was like where i was seeing these images and speaking to talking to these people all over in the united states that were into the same things that i was into and then as i got a little bit older and like you know tumblr got to be a really big thing it started to bring out those <sighs> that expression in people and started to bring out that confidence in people and um it was really cool to see and it's a lot more now too because within the, i would say within the last year or two it's almost cooler to like express yourself that way and to be able to say like oh no this is like who i am and like we've kind of started to band together more yeah yeah it's like and a, so a whole it's thing like a nationwide yeah. thing i feel like is exactly the paradigm has shifted we're tired of being misheard we're tired of people telling us Absolutely. we like white shit we're like okay. <laughs> thank you <laughs> why are you That's... so dark because <laughs> nigga damn <laughs> i can be and like it's cool like yeah, i like it be, yeah like, it's just what i like you like gangster rap i shouldn't rap. have to right yeah and we should be able to like all of the things without needing to define ourselves or feel like we have to fit into a box based on either the color of our skin or where we it's like ethnic background you know because right. because i was like i i have this discussion with people a lot as far as like color of skin like you know they'll say you're a black yeah. person like i'm a black person However, I know I have a um, the guy that I um, chat with every Wednesday at the bus stop. He's an Indian guy, and he's clearly much darker than me. But mm. but right, but people are you know show him more respect than myself at times, you know, depending on the circumstance. And I'm like, hmm. So it's not a color of skin thing. It's more like a facial feature thing, right? It absolutely is. So absolutely. yeah. So you're like, I don't like people with African features. Like I don't like light skinned dudes with big lips and big noses because I'm clearly not that dark. I'm not black, <laughs> right? I was like, my soul is black. My you just don't like people that have the African. Builder, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, just yeah, say I don't yeah, like yeah, niggas' yeah, noses yeah. and nigga lips. Just say that because yeah. you're not talking about the color <laughs> of my skin, bro. right? <laughs> and that's why, like, sometimes I it's interesting when it comes to the labeling, yeah, of, like where we fit, yeah. Because I'm 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 biracial, so my mom is white, mm -hmm. and growing up having these conversations, I had a lot of angry conversations with her because I've had locks twice in my life and I had a mohawk for six years and I've done you got sick hairdos so yeah like I've, so like, I've seen a lot of your, your hairdos <laughs> real you. quick am I detecting yes. an accent is it a midwest accent or is it coming from somewhere else <laughs> I don't know it sounds fancy it's I uh I sound fake. You sound like you sound like one of them. Um, you know, like them, them, uh, them Middle Eastern spies, is what you sound like. <laughs> yes, I have the I'm I have the documents. Yes, yeah. I've never like Moroccan um, spies. What you say, like Casablanca, Mor is what you Moroccan, sound. Moroccan, really? Yeah, like a spy. That's interesting. I've never had anybody. I've had people comment on the fact that they like my voice, or that I should do like voiceover acting or any something like that. Yeah. But I've never um, had anybody say it that way. So I really appreciate that. I um, I actually didn't do a lot of talking in school. I was very quiet. I didn't like speak up a lot, and I'm learning now to be more vocal. So I don't really know. Like I know I have an accent. I. Um, my 
dad was um, in the Air Force and he lived overseas a lot. And so I learned German growing up. あ、いいかばあ、which is crazy and i took latin because i wanted to study viola da gamba which oh, is the instrument that is my I, dream instrument yes the, to play. the ultimate it's like the lute guitar <gasps> you know oh my god are you serious are oh, you serious yes, do you movie, understand who you're yes, talking to yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like the ultimate music so nerd you have like of okay. all genres i know everything <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. My favorite movie of all time is the movie called All the Mornings of the World, oh, which I is about the history. Okay, I'm going to let you borrow it. It is phenomenal. Sick. It is about this beautiful moment in history with the viola da gamba and I watched it for the first time as a child. My dad had me watch it and I fell in love from that moment and my dream was to play the viola da gamba. So actually where I went to school was University of South Dakota Vermilion, which has the largest as the National Music Museum and it is the largest museum of music related things in the world. Wow, I and didn't I, even know that. I worked there. It's beautiful. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. Do you have um, any flicks that you can send me? I yes, I will find them and I will send you some. Sick, so don't don't like I... feel pressed or anything, but like <laughs> no, I'm really no, into music history, it, so Oh my goodness. Yeah, yes, I was like the music history tutor in college. So <laughs> Ah, yeah, this makes me so happy. I love this. Yeah. I also this worked awesome. at a, I, at a, I was a, a antique guitar salesman for a long time. So um, I also wow. appraise instruments. <laughs> <laughs> this is shit I don't get to talk about. So I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, if I'm hijacking the show, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't get to talk no, about this, this so, so much because it just never comes up in conversation. But um, yeah. No, this is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I played with like an early music um, uh, uh, band where like a friend of mine is a professional lute player right now. Yeah, and yeah. My teacher I, was a lute, lutenist and all of my friends, uh, like I have so I many it. music friends that I would love to introduce you to because that's my thing. Like in LA, I know all of those people. I yes please I love that because that was that's my ultimate goal like I do all of this creative stuff now next is going to be to get my cello and like get back to playing again get to a point where I'm physically able to put in the hours and and play which is why we met because I, that's why I joined the band I play with now to start getting back into practice and eventually I want to own a viola da gamba and perform and play. Wow, and, let's look um, you up one. That's the <laughs> that's the goal. It's, it's gonna happen. I've yeah. I've now I know, but I can get you one. Them, like but... seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let me make some calls because I I know all the um, all that's... the instrument retailers and stuff like that. Oh my goodness. And see, that's the craziest thing is where I was living, there's a place in Studio City called Benning's Violins. Oh, yeah. And Dude, it's walking Nick, distance. Yeah, that guy, Nick. You he, know that? Of course. Yeah, he oh, used to. That's he used how to, I knew this was where I was supposed to live. Yeah, he used to play um, at the school. I We went to the same music school, which is uh, Los Angeles Valley College, which if you can, um, I would recommend joining their orchestra because they always need ringers i i do ringer for um oh, the orchestra and the choir like if they call me because they know i live in the area so if i'm not doing anything then they'll be like hey kelvin you want to come play some music <laughs> like tonight i'm supposed to go to a concert at, at valley college to play in the guitar ensemble but they didn't tell me until like two days ago so now i'm not uh -huh. doing it but but um but yeah yeah um nick we took a performance arts class together like 10 years ago that's amazing the, yeah the guy that builds and repairs all the violins there see oh that makes me so happy because i literally was walking from where i was staying to the starbucks on that same street i think it's ventura yeah yeah there. i'm still trying to remember i'm yeah i know exactly fire, but I'm getting yeah there. i was don't get don't um, worry this is actually <laughs> the city i grew up in and i grew up specifically in that area <laughs> Okay, this makes it so much easier. So I know exactly <laughs> where it is. It's across the street from the, the Office Depot used to be there. Yes. And that was my first job. So 
that's amazing okay so i was yeah. walking down the street and they were closed and i looked in and i was like oh my goodness they have the um scrolls that they carved into other animals like other animals and things and i remember as a child the first time that i saw that when i was playing cello i was like i need a cello that has a figurehead for the scroll. yeah and we didn't have that in omaha like so when i would tell people this they thought it was crazy so i saw them i was like "Ooh, they're not open but when they are i need to go in and stop and i walked in and i like walked in and I looked to the left and there was a viola de gamba hanging on the wall and I almost started crying. I was like, this is amazing. I'm seeing one in real life because I hadn't seen one since I played one in college because I got to play one. Yeah. And I was so, like, it was stuck in my head. I was like, okay, I've got to get back to this. i got to get back to playing this instrument. i got to get back into doing this. And when I saw it, it was like a sign. I was like, okay, cool. I'm in the right spot. I'm where I need to be. This is beautiful. I ended up having a conversation with them they are amazing people i ended up moving a little shortly after that so i haven't been able to go back but i'm friends with them on facebook like i follow yeah. their stuff they're amazing people but i said all that just to say like i love that school and i loved what it taught me i didn't have the best experience but it gave me a chance to like ground myself in what i loved and doing music and doing early music and and being like that and having certain conversations it's interesting being in that realm and having yeah. to read those and especially being black. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of us. <laughs> there's and not. It, yeah. There's like none of us actually at all. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it was always the great equalizer for me. Like, you know, I come in and I knew the stuff and you know, people would just talk to me like, like whatever, you know, as opposed yes. to like, uh, like, do you like, you know, I would get that a lot. At first, when I would walk in, they would, you know, say some stupid shit. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we would get into the discussions and stuff like that. Like I like I said, I know a lot about the history of guitar making is mm-hmm. where my instrument expertise is. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of adjacent instrument information that's very similar, like construction and, and stuff like that and types of wood mm-hmm. that's used. So, um and and i've gone to you know like a few different um festivals and you know conferences for things like that so you know i'd walk in i'd be the only black dude and i was also the youngest <laughs> one yeah. right i'm like i look like i'm 12 and you know it's here comes this you know silly looking black boy in and they're like oh ha, ha, ha. and then i would be like have you heard of uh like here's all this the construction of yeah they'd be like whoa and i could play and it would just blow everyone away they would whoa what is what's going on like how did you learn this yeah did you grow up with it i was like no i worked really hard at it because this is actually what i love to do see i adore that and the craziest thing like i when it comes to music for me i i love music in general so i have a lot of experience with um the oddities of music performance so i was in a steel drum ensemble and played steel drums i've done like um bells and i've done um musical theater all like anything that was music related that i could get my hands on i could my senior year of high school every single concert i played if not one different instrument at least two or three and i would learn an instrument my teacher would come to me he's like for this piece i want you to learn how to play this instrument because there's a solo in it and you're gonna do this i was like okay cool and i would spend my music class not practicing with the band but sitting in the practice room learning a whole new instrument to play for this piece (laughs) because that's awesome i want to write music i i wanted to, to compose and i wanted to learn theory and i wanted to be able to invoke emotions in other people that I felt myself when I was listening to music and when I was performing because it was the only time I really truly felt like me was when I was on stage playing with my cello and wow it was like this <laughs> that's exactly moment. how I feel <laughs> and it's this this moment that like it's hard to to talk about with someone or with people who haven't felt it or don't have that in yeah them. and so when I went through college and I had to drop out and like I got sick and all those things, man, I can't imagine. Like it I, I tore would, me yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I could. It tore me um, apart. Yeah. Go speaking ahead, of tear, uh, tear you apart, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm gonna abruptly switch the direction of the okay. conversation. We're gonna get back, 
but um, you said tear you apart, and it made me think we were supposed to have a Hellraiser marathon. <gasps> yes. Ah, I know, I know, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to just touch on the spooky stuff because yes. I was because um, that was the other thing that that we mutually bonded about was our love for the spooky. Yes. So, are you? It, it, do you have a particular horror franchise, or is there like a particular horror movie that was like a game changer for you, or is it just like the genre in general? Um. So actually. The genre in general but the first time that i knew that horror was for me was when i was researching um guillermo i'm not gonna pronounce his name right um but del toro, guillermo. yeah the, guillermo the, del toro. when i was getting into figuring <laughs> out these movies that i was interested in in the art and it was horror and gore art that got me into the genre. Yeah, right? Finding this- Was it Pan's Labyrinth? But Pan's Labyrinth or, was one of the first ones, yes. Oh yeah, because he also, he um, I think he did Species. Mm -hmm. He has a, And uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, all of his stuff is like my absolute, I'm obsessed with everything. <laughs> Same, did you, Hellboy 2, did you ever see Hellboy 2, oh, The Golden amazing. Army? So good. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> And I like, was like, that's one of my favorite movies, even though the movie is awful, because of the visuals the visual. only. Yeah, like, I watch it on mute. <laughs> that, and see, that was me. And so I would be in these moments where, like, I was starting to see these images of either screen caps from the movies or people and... and the cosplay and the score and the, the, the yeah the score and it was all of the other sides outside of the movies like the movies were cool like, yeah cool but it wasn't the movie that enticed me. yeah it was the style the costumes it was the art it was the aesthetic it was the, the presentation yeah yes that was what got me into because you so could watch I, his movies on mute and still have the exact same effect yes. and you still feel it there's still that that a visceral like hair raising yes. yeah it hits that as soon as you see those characters you're like what the shit is this <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it was the more that i dug into um even in the animes and like animated genre of like the horror and the gore and the the, the bloody like battle scenes or like the crazy ways people would die and i was watching not for the violence but for the the creativity right exactly because i was like the horror genre with the small budgets they have to me the yes. way that they work like you could say you look up the budget for um what's uh blair witch and it's like what ten ten thousand dollars or something like something which is insane yeah something very small we're like i need all this money i need a million dollars to make a movie they're like give me uh fifty dollars and a couple of sandwiches <laughs> and we'll figure it out give me a yep, gopro yep. and <laughs> and we're gonna go to the woods and make the scariest shit you know like some of the scariest shit of all time by just feel and you know like creativity and then he was like well i'm gonna take it up you know a step higher because he was a makeup designer i believe for a long time he was he was like um and did you know that uh tom sorvino he was one of the characters from uh from dust till dawn he's the dude with the cock i mean with the cock gun with the with the dick mm -hmm. gun he is actually a very well-known makeup artist and he is known specifically for gore see and that right there is what had was was the hook was the sinker the more that i started to research the the directors and the actors and the the people that were involved in it and how they wore all of these different hats and how yeah. they had all of this expertise in the in the art making that was like okay this is me this is where i belong this is this is the the thing that i need to explore more of and it was crazy because as i was getting into this genre and really starting to do my research was when I was starting to get like the most sick and oh. being into it like and and really putting the time into explore it was mainly because I couldn't really do much anything else <laughs> so I was sitting and like watching on YouTube and I was on YouTube or Netflix or Hulu or all these things and I was 
sticking to the horror and gore genres and I'm watching terrible, terrible movies over and over and over again. Just Same. The lighting. And Same. Like <laughs> Man, see, I was like, nobody fucking gets me. They're like, why do you watch terrible horror movies? I was like, because if they can do it, then I can do exactly. it. And that's Thank what I want to do. I want. I was like, because yes. theater, to me, theater and movies are the highest form of art because it incorporates every other form of art right yes so like yes. like i was like you have to have the acting you have to have the dancing you have to have the music you have to have the costumes you have to have the design you have to have the architecture you Absolutely. have to have the you know the set design the everything of the lighting the the textures the the brain the you know like the it, ah i'm getting yes. excited just Absolutely. thinking about it you know so so yeah i would study those terrible horror movies because i was like <laughs> if you can develop suspense or if you can get people to care you know enough ev right. even even with the the ridiculous like my favorite horror franchise is phantasm right which i think i've told you before mm, yes and yes. and people always ask me like it's so corny why i was like because it's complete because it makes sense is why i like it, it. there's a yeah there's a i mean it doesn't but it does they but be, it does <laughs> because the way they they it make the world they're like hey these are the things that you are supposed to believe and so um just like pro wrestling which i'm also a fan of it's all about the belief the suspension of disbelief right like we all know mm -hmm. that we're a part of a game like everybody knows when you watch a movie it's not real or when you go to a mm -hmm. show it's not real so the goal is how can we get you to believe some shit that sounds absolutely, absolutely insane, insane. <laughs> yes 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 and so this is to answer your question my favorite i don't have a favorite and the reason why i don't have a favorite yet is because i'm trying to find the one that makes that that i can't figure out because I study them and I'm friends with some people overseas and I'll, I'll link you. I, I think we talked about it a little bit. I do these horror zines with a friend of mine what? Um, who lives in the UK. Yeah. yeah. I did, just did one um, of a Italian director who I didn't know about until my friend asked me to be a part of it. His name is, uh, it's F-U-L-C-I. I'm really bad at pronouncing things correctly sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, but I will send you the information and I have an extra one of the zines if you'd like it. And yeah, I would love um, it. It was amazing because I got addicted to watching all these movies by this um, director, and they're they're terrible, terrible movies. Like the the graphics are bad, the the animatronics is a mess, but the story and the way that it's just so complete. And I'm trying. I my goal is to find the one that does it for me or create it. So I'm so addicted to like this need to find one that that takes me out of like an outer body experience if that makes sense definitely because i'm not really big into like romance com romance movies i'm not really big into drama like I, i'll watch them and i'll do a little bit more now that like i my little i have a little sister and she's getting older and it's kind of her thing so like i'm getting a little bit more into it now because she's into it but for me watching those i'm just like this isn't real life like why i i'm i'm not interested and with horror it's so far removed from real <laughs> quote unquote right. real life that like i'm obsessed with finding the one that does it for me and i'm getting closer the more that i like study and the more that i'm making friends with people who are into like the the, the sub genres that are existing in the horror genre and like mm -hmm. the little pockets of like the weird things that are there i'm getting closer and closer to it yeah, we can talk I, about that kind of stuff because that's that's my other thing that I I basically I research everything I'm into because I'm an only child and I have a lot of free time. So, <laughs> well, well, I mean, like not as much as when I was a kid because I do spend a lot of time practicing and like working on you know music and teaching and all right. that stuff. But all of my spare time goes towards researching whatever the fuck I'm interested in that particular week, and it flip flops between history and horror but i've i've i'm really like historical history one of my mm. huge things that i really was i've always wanted to do which i had a conversation with a friend the other day is is talk about a more realistic depiction of slavery because mm. i i always feel like you know like like as a horror movie i always talk about it like mm. when we're watching roots and shit 
or 12 Years a Slave. It's always like this dramatic, you know, feel good story. Right. And I'm like, that shit is not feel good. If you woke up no. in chains on your way to another fucking land and you wake up and you're going to be working for somebody that doesn't speak the same language as you and whooping your ass, that's a total fucking nightmare. Absolutely. You know, it's terrifying. Absolutely. And I've always felt that if it's sold as this sob ass story, I'm like, it's not a fucking sob story. It's your worst nightmare. It's yeah. the scariest <laughs> thing that could possibly happen to you. Absolutely. You, you know, and why has that never been like a really scary, scary, scary situation to me? And I was like, you guys are just missing out on millions of dollars. Like See? black people would oh, be mortified. I if love this. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So on that note, my favorite person, my favorite part of horror is like psycho thrillers. The ones that fuck with their head. Yeah. Like so get out. My Yes. So get out. And um, I'm blanking right now because I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, the what is his other movie that just came out? Why Us. am I blanking on this? Us. There we go. Those two movies are the closest that I have come to getting that feeling of right, like, right. being addicted to what's happening on the screen because I feel like I've been transported. And yes. That, because it's so believable it was yeah it was because believable right you're like michael myers you see a slow dude walking towards you with a knife you're like get the fuck out of there like not hard to figure out that i don't want to be there you know (laughs) like and he's stalking me slowly i was i mean it was hard to dispend you know like i understand like maybe when we were younger you know um or back then those are things that hadn't been seen before so it was hard to dis dis, uh suspend disbelief but as we get older it's like you know and we've seen all these things at this point i was like i want to see something that i had never seen before when i saw get out it was so terrifying because i was like now that makes sense that's the only thing that would make sense for why black people are assaulted because Mm -hmm. they want to be us because like you know i was like now that makes okay i'm terrified because it makes sense that makes sense (laughs) Now, this other shit, you know, like, oh, just, you know, you got to be cool with this. I was like, that doesn't fucking make any sense to me. I'm not scared. Thank you, because what they're doing in the movie, I'm looking at him like, that doesn't logically make sense to react that way. Like, why are you running up the stairs when the door outside is right there? Yeah, yeah. Just hop out the window, bitch. Yeah, I'm like the type of dude to be yelling at, where are you going? Get out the way. Go the other way. I was completely silent during Get Out because I was like, I don't know what the fuck you do when you're surrounded by all these people. Like, what do you do? Run? Where do you run? Oh, my God. There's nowhere to go. Yeah, and then at the end when the police show up, you're like, ah! I swear to God, I screamed so loud in the movie theater when the police pulled up. And he said he was going to make the ending dark. And I said, I would have died right then and there. Yep. I would have yep. had a heart attack straight up. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah, and after that, so yeah, I was like, oh. now that, what if there is a whole subgenre based yes. off of that, that psychological racial theater thrillers or whatever, like where you're yes. just experiencing what you would occur in real life. This is actually what happens. You know, nobody's at a fucking blue collar job like want to play a game like that doesn't fucking happen to me. You know, what really happens is I walk down the street in a neighborhood full of like uh, and I'm the only black dude. There's white mm-hmm. folks, there's Latino gangbangers, there's like, you know, Indian people. I'm the only black dude and I'm terrified. Yep. And I see one other black person. We're not even sure if we could talk to each other or not. We're like, what side are you on? <laughs> like, what is your allegiance? Yeah. You know, sometimes you give them the head nod and you're like, I'm not sure because you don't know. And it's that is real. Right. And it's real. And it's like when I say this, people are like, no, nah, you're anti-black. I was like, I'm anti not die. Like, I'm trying to stay alive. I don't trust nobody. <laughs> and that emotion, that is what I felt like for a really long time was like missing in these movies I was watching. Because I'm like, why are you trusting this person? This person obviously is trying to kill you. Yeah. This person obviously has nefarious like, intent. <laughs> yeah, look at what his eyebrows. He's got right. the evil eyebrows. You don't trust that guy. <laughs> or they always drop that weird tone. 
you know, yes. <laughs> yes. you don't want to come around these parts, do you? You're like, of and course you don't like, hang out with like that a... guy. Yeah, like I'm going <laughs> home. All right, and I was like, what if, you know, people were writing movies like that with real dialogue? Because, you know, when I'm looking at the Get Out movie, Daniel Kaluta, or I can't, I don't know, I might've pronounced his name incorrectly. I love his act. I love all the British dudes that can fake an American guy because I yes. damn sure can't fake an English guy. <laughs> and they do it so well. I'm like, are you sure that you're not? Right. And they're, are you positive? Because right. you're disgustingly convincing right now. Right. And yeah. He, yeah. He's like, nah, bro. And I'm like, I can't even, I don't even sound like that. With like, the, like shoulder shrug and like with the nuances. I'm yeah. like, oh, <laughs> sir. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Right, right. I was like, man, I got to get my fucking acting skills up. I got to get my method acting up. I got this slapstick shit down. <laughs> but it's beautiful. And I think that, that that's why I'm still, I I say I'm still a student. And I'm, I'm not um, to the point where I would consider myself having mastered anything in life just in general. Because... There's so much for me to learn and do exactly and experience that like I don't have a favorite of a lot of things like music wise I don't have a favorite music genre because I I have the ones I gravitate towards the most right and I try to play them all which is the most stressful existence ever you know like oh my goodness I like I start like man it's so awful like. Hello? Yo. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, no, it's okay. Previously on the cast of Chaos, um, <laughs> as I was asking you, what is, um, if you had unlimited funds, unlimited funds, mm. what type of project would you put together? Oh, I like this question. This is a very good question. Um... If I had unlimited funds, I would do a living installation. Damn. So I would take a plot of land that had no structures on it and have a bunch of plants and trees and like rivers and all sorts of things and um, allow creatives to create in the space in like on the land in the space in nature so whether it be perform like taking an instrument there and playing music and doing performances whether it be performance art whether it be live painting um almost like an art residency type of thing but like open to community to experience the artist in the element wow bring a lot of people together because i love live things like the first time that I really knew that art was for me was when I did a a live painting at a friend's show and putting the two together I was like oh my goodness this is amazing I need to do this all the time I just want to paint to music all the time any artist that was a live painter I I told my friends I'll hire me for everything I'll just do it for free just let me paint to your music this is amazing and experiencing that like put me in this space where I was like I want this to be a thing so if i if i could do it and make it a project and like do a it would be like something like that like i would just want everybody that creates things to come create things in nature and allow people who don't create or just love consuming creativity to be able to experience it you know i think everyone is creative this is a side note i don't think that no one is creative Mm -hmm. and um actually tell you about um some opportunities as far as um creating spaces where people can be more creative like i do this at elderly folks homes Mm, yeah and um like because uh yeah i've been playing music for a long time i taught myself a lot of stuff and i taught myself older so i've always thought i'm gonna go and teach some people how to be more musical because just the joy of that people get by just holding an instrument and making a sound out of it, you know, some positive vibrations, I think can really rewire their brain pattern, especially um, when they're older and they, they lose their physical mobility. Mm, so, um, yeah, so yeah, I was like, I'll talk to you about that. But um, now my last question is, if you could work with anybody living and or dead, who would oh, it be? 
No. And it can be it can be as in a in an art capacity, or it could be a music capacity, it could be an actor. Oh no. Or you can um, have a top five. There could be a top five if you can't decide. Oh, okay. Let me Or a top three. Um, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so devastated. Ah, oh, so pain. Um, okay. So I will say the ones that I I don't have the ability to to do work with anymore because I I think that anybody that's alive would be in my list. I speak on being with them. Say the who is a closer. He's amazing. There's a movie that I watched that one night super late. Um, that is a love story, and I will send you the information on it. He's sick. The music was amazing. Um, Cuban jazz just ah uh, stole my soul. He would be amazing. Stole my soul. <laughs> <laughs> really did. Like I, I, uh, I would say uh, Salvador Dali. Yes. And I have a watch actually that is a melted clock that I wear. What? No. Um, yeah, you have to a, send me a flick uh, of that too. I will. It's like a really like super fancy or anything like that, but I wear it I don't because care. eventually my goal is I'm going to commission someone who like jewelry. For sure. It's gonna happen. Hell yeah. I love Dolly. I love obsessed and then I would have to say, oh man, um, Eartha Kitt. Wow, that was uh, wow, that was out of left field. Now, how would you work with you? Would you work with her in her theater capacity and her song capacity and her acting capacity? What would you want to do with her? I think with her, it would be more of a I don't, a lifestyle capacity. Because wow. She's someone who. <laughs> I just want to like hang out with her. No, seriously. I just want to feed her grapes. Someone... <laughs> I would do that for free. <laughs> because she is like someone who, when I ever would watch or see images of her or even just any capacity that she was as a creative and was in her career. I loved her unabashedness with who she was and her sexuality and her womanhood mm-hmm. in every shape that it was in whatever she chose for it to be. So I would love when it came to working with her to put all of those together, whether it be an acting or theater or writing a, a play or doing music or dance or something. And she did everything to be a, able, or not necessarily a catalyst, but to be able to work with her in every capacity possible. And I think that's why, like, the other two gentlemen I mentioned is the same for them as well. Like, um, Dolly was very religious in his studies with his art and his iconography. And so I wouldn't just want to, like, maybe make an art, art with him or study under him. I would want to write about, like, his belief systems and his structure. <laughs> 